Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Being Human is Weird. This will be our last joint episode of 2023, but please look for Abby's visioning episode next week. Today, we are going to talk about the year ahead and how we can look forward in a way that sets us up for success. So thank you for being here and let's get started. Carrie, what are some of the benefits of visioning the year ahead or maybe not necessarily even the year ahead, but just the future? So there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that this is super beneficial. Maybe if you've played sports before, your coach has had you envision the win before you play that game or run that race or whatever that might be. Um, but Abby and I tried to find some hard scientific data and studies as well. We came up with some, but a little shy. Obviously, this is a hard thing to study too. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, what I found is that a study was comparing pessimists, those who either didn't look forward or when they looked forward, they assumed the worst um, versus what they called visionary work optimists, which is a fancy way of saying people who did look ahead and were optimistic about their future. And those optimists compared to the peers that either didn't vision or were more negative are 40% more likely to get a promotion over the next year and up to six times more likely to be happily and highly engaged in their work. So if you are somebody who has a negative thought pattern of either catastrophizing and thinking of the worst case scenario, or maybe just thinking of negative, like, uh, uh, I won't ever get that promotion because I always get passed up for it. I challenge you to maybe start examining the origin of that outlook and where those ideas came from and how you can challenge them because you are capable. I know you're capable. And having a more out optimistic outlook can help you be a lot more successful in life and in work. So that's essentially what I found. Abby, what did you find in terms of the benefits of visioning? Yeah, it's kind of the prerequisite to what you're explaining and expressing. All of the studies that I found used a lot of really big words, but all of them had neuroplasticity in common. Mm -hmm. So essentially rewiring your brain or retraining your brain to think in other ways. It's kind of one of those, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right yeah. sort of thing. So it's switching into that, okay, here's why I deserve that promotion. Here's a step I can take toward getting that promotion. Here's how I'm going to get that promotion versus why would I even bother asking? I'm not going to. So by retraining your brain to think more positively, you're more likely to take steps toward those goals and then reach them. So it's not just this manifesting or speaking things out into the universe. It's believing that you can maybe manifesting, speaking out into the universe, but then that confidence puts you on the path toward achieving that. So it's kind of a culmination of a hundred different woo-woo mm -hmm. mixed with science things. Um, but I did find something that neuroscientist, Dr. Tara Swart said 
was that one of the reasons we struggle with setting intentions and clarifying intentions is information overload. And that was something that I also found between a couple studies is people have a hard time bridging the gap between what they want and how to get it or getting it because the internet and self-help books and podcasts tell them 50,000 different things. So it becomes more of a, okay, I guess I'll just stay stationary because I have no idea how to take that first step. Yeah. So it's all just the cycle. If you believe you can, then you can, but take one step instead of trying to figure out the perfect path to get there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think we see this a lot in health coaching too, that overwhelm of taking that first step. I want to, whatever your health and wellness goals are in the future, I want to run a marathon. I want to lose 80 pounds, but I don't know how to get from here to there. I just know that that's what I want. So yeah, Abby and I are going to work through this together right now. And hopefully you can take some of the questions and processes that we are going to use and use them for yourself to look forward into the future, because we're using work as a, an example right now, but really don't limit yourself. Let yourself daydream about wild possibilities where you could be at the end of next year, 2024. Oh my goodness. When did that happen? Mm. It's still the nineties to me. <laughs> I know. I know. 1990 was 10 years ago. Uh -huh, 1980 sure. was 20 years ago. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right. So digging in here, Abby, knowing that what you just said, our outlook, our expectations end up shaping our reality and we're removing the pressure for all or nothing thinking here. We just want to be intentional who do you want to be a year from now? That's such a big question to ask. I'm sorry to start you off with that, but like really think about it. Who would you like to be or who is the person at the end of the year compared to this one? What are the changes? Mm -hmm. That is a big question. And now it <laughs> makes me feel awful for asking my members that at work. <laughs> so I'm like, what do you want it next year to look like? I would just like to be somebody who is okay with what I have, what I'm doing and living and building this routine that I'm confident in. So more present, I'd like to be more present and less reactive. I've been working on that and I've noticed um, that I have gotten a lot better with those types of things, but I'd like to be someone who is up in the morning, energized, does a workout, has a good work day, has a solid evening routine. I'm letting things roll off my shoulders. I'm more present, mindful. I just want this to be kind of a peaceful year where I'm just living my life in my little bubble, but being as peaceful and as healthy as I can. I'm sorry, this is a run on answer, but as I'm talking, all these thoughts are coming. Yeah, to my mind. yeah, please. The last couple of years have been so much about doing and learning and certifications and jobs and new jobs and stress about not having a job and finding, I just want this to be, I'm okay with where I am. Let's see who I am, what I enjoy doing and just coast there and let things happen versus constantly seeking and rushing around. Right. 
So being more intentional with your presence, with your mindfulness and enjoyment of each moment, it sounds like, while also continuing to evolve these routines and things that you know really make you feel good. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's exactly your first statement stood out to me. It's about being intentional. You are in such a good place that what you want to do is now enjoy all of the work that you've put in over the last few years and let yourself continue to evolve, of course, but also say, hey, I'm I'm doing my best every day and that feels good. And now I can let go of that mental chatter that kind of weighs me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's about trusting that I'm not just going to be stagnant or, you know, I know that I'm not just going to relax from January 1st to December 31st, but putting less pressure on it and more intention behind what do I enjoy? Let's chase that. What am I interested in? Let's chase that because that's what's got, you know, that's what got me into coaching. That's what got me interested in personal training. And I just, and meeting the right people. And like, I think about you or our group from our last company and my group in this company, you just, this sounds so silly, but really everything does happen as it's supposed to. So I think for me, being intentional about believing that and trusting that process is going to make, like you called out that mental chatter, a little less overwhelming because it is not always fun to live inside my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, but tell us who you want to be. You know, I knew that question was coming and I just chose not to think about it until this moment. (laughs) Let's just keep Abby talking for an hour. (laughs) Oh, I'll do it without (laughs) you. Who do I want to be? Um, I want to, be somebody who feels more confident in the constant change that is my life. I say that because I know we have more big changes coming up. Andy is trying this traveling medical work. So I will not have the same stability that I've had the last few years in terms of like the same home and, or even the same community or that support system within my hometown. Um, So I want to feel more confident and more resilient within the chaos ahead that I know is coming. And I know that I am capable of dealing with it, but at the same time, the past couple of weeks of training have reminded me that when overwhelm hits, my body goes into like insanity mode. Um, mm. So learning to be more resilient and like I said, more confident about my ability to move with those changes. It's where I'd like to be. Okay. I like that. Rolling with the punches, riding the waves. So you said that you've had to do it in the past. So how can you take what you've learned and knowing, obviously, how many different states have you lived in? Um, I think 10. Okay. So we know that you've been capable of it at least 10 times with just <laughs> moving <laughs> into yeah. new location. So how can you 
take that first step or build that confidence? Yeah, I'm glad you're asking that. I think making sure that I have those techniques and coping strategies well in hand rather than just as needed. And this comes back to our November episodes of routines. If you all have been listening for a while, you know that I'm a big journaler and a big meditator. And those are my like SOS habits. I need something to help me calm down right now. And I think me building them more consistently into a routine when I don't necessarily need them will only help me be more successful when I'm desperate for that help. So it comes back to routines for me is Mm. ultimately, I think what's happening, the routine within the chaos. I mean, this year with all the travels that I've been doing, I also learned that having a routine when you're moving around and traveling is almost not possible. I don't want to say it's impossible, but it is very challenging because not one day never looks like the next day, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were traveling, how did you remain resilient and confident knowing that it wasn't going to be every six months that the routine was changing? It was every two to three days. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I took a page from your book and I let go of expectations and just said, enjoy this time, enjoy this city. That is super beneficial and the routine is beneficial. So possibly what you're making helping me get to here is the balance between letting things go and sticking to a consistent routine. That really speaks to me. Thank you for talking through that with me. Yeah. Thank you for all of the information. Cause I'm like, okay, how can I steal this for myself? (laughs) (laughs) What about you thinking about finding that more intentional day to day? I mean, what are the steps you can take to start feeling more intentional? I really hate to even say this word, but routine. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I have been working on and have probably talked about in 80% of our episodes is becoming a morning person. And that is 100% about building and sticking to a routine. I think probably that focusing first on bedtime, wake time, and that is it. Not what happens when I wake up, what can I do between then and 8 a.m. when I start work? Just, okay, I'm up at this time. Yes. My problem is I never, ever, ever practice what I preach. I tell people all the time, I'm like, okay, you want to increase your vegetable consumption during the week, buy one vegetable, have it once this week. Or I'm like, if I want to increase my vegetable consumption, the whole fridge is going to be full. I'm going to eat this for me. I know what has not been working and it's trying to recreate a different version of the same shit that I've been doing for 10 years. So I think to answer your question, to start being more intentional and a little bit more present, it's just going to be focusing on small things so that I really don't have the opportunity to overwhelm myself. Yeah. I have several things to say to this. First of all, you've learned a lot about 
what hasn't worked. And that is such a great opportunity going forward to say, I have tried this. It didn't stick for me. What else? What are the other options here? And really getting creative. And secondly, I love that you are bringing up one step at a time, very incremental. And this is obviously something that you and I coach to all the time, like you said, and not necessarily follow it ourselves, but that black and white thinking or the all or nothing thinking Mm -hmm. is just so dangerous. It'll drive us wild, but keeping- Can confirm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the steps so incremental, especially, and I don't know how you want to attack this. Let's get into it. Maybe sticking to a consistent bed and wake routine, letting everything else go. I mean, that can be January and then February can be adding one habit to each of those one at night and one in the morning. Mm, So it really can go slowly. I'm not trying to dictate how you should do it. It doesn't always have to be, well, I did that one thing one night. So now I have to level up here. Take your time with it. Let it truly become a habit and Mm. then add one other tiny habit. If you haven't watched the BJ Fogg or read his book, but his TED Talks on YouTube, huge recommendation for tiny habits. It's it's incredible how these tiny habits can really start to change your entire day and life. So I'm glad to hear you say that you're going to take it one thing at a time. And that inspires me to do the same because uh, I get in the same habit of like, here's everything that will mm-hmm. help me be a better version of myself. Now, how can I build all of these steps into every single day? And, you know, that's too much. It's just too Mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Because it's the middle of December and I'm still working on the same thing that I set for a goal for myself every year. So I keep thinking it's like, uh, and for the listeners hope, I hope you can't relate, but I know you can to this. (laughs) We wait and wait and wait until the perfect week. I'll do it after the holidays. If I had a nickel for every time I've heard that over the last two weeks from myself, family members, and members at work, I could take the next year off. (laughs) But we all do it. I'll wait until, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to try to get up early now because Christmas is coming and I know for that week I'm going to be off. So I'm just going to wait until January. I'm going to get up early when I can sleep in when I have to like you're saying one teeny tiny thing at a time. And then all of a sudden I'll add another teeny tiny thing. Yep. And, and also uh, like you highlighted at the beginning of this, uh, letting it go when it just can't work out for some Mm -hmm. reason, those days and weeks happen. I agree with you that there's no perfect time to start and you don't have to be rigid with it. Once it's an established habit, it's like, yeah, I missed a day, but I know that it's just part of my life now. So I won't continue to miss days and weeks. Do you ever do a bucket list for the year or have like big goals in mind? Is that something you also participate in at the end of the year? I'm glad that you brought that up. I read something about that, that it's important to set lofty goals. And I have in the past, a couple of years ago, I made one in December for the year ahead. And it was Mm -hmm. to check out a new state, check out a new country. And they were 
big goals at the time. I mean, I thought if I do them great, but I didn't think I would. And I ended up doing all of them. And so it was a really cool experience. So to answer your question, I think that I do want to do that again this year, because even if you don't check them all off your list, it's still very fun to come up with a bucket list. And again, like we were talking about earlier, when we have those items on something like that, or a vision board or something tangible that we're looking at, we do get excited about those things and take steps toward making them a reality. Yep. Yep. I'm glad you said that. I have used bucket lists in the past for the year ahead and it does, it infuses your year with some joy. It's not necessarily just, I will lose weight and I will run that marathon. It's like, I want to go see a new state. And I can remember one of mine from a few years ago, I had never tried mussels before. And I just had that on my list and randomly it came up when I was at a restaurant, I think in like February, pretty early on in the year. And I was like, yes, I will buy muscles because <laughs> this is on my bucket list. <laughs> exactly. And if I hadn't put that random thing out there, try a new food or whatever, I probably wouldn't have thought anything of it, but it was like a fun little, oh yeah, I just gave mm-hmm. myself a little prize for the year. So yeah, I'm with you on the bucket list. I have only vision boarded once when we were all together at our previous company and we Mm -hmm. did that. And I got to say, I rolled my eyes at it when it was suggested. And then it really helped me that year. I had it as my background on my computer screen. So every morning that I signed on to work, I would see in a photo form of everything that I was trying to make happen for myself that year, which included getting in nature more often, taking more pictures. Um, I can't remember what else was on there, but it just had that visual effect for me that I was like, yes, this is a great reminder that these are all things I'm trying to infuse into my life without it being high pressure. That's what I like about them too. And I am like, there are people who are bad at art (laughs) and then there's 25 (laughs) levels below them. And that's like where kindergartners that aren't gifted um, sit. And then there's like 10 layers or levels below that. That's where I am. Same, so, same, 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 yeah. same, same. Being able to cut pictures out of magazines or print them or make it on the computer was very nice. And I did the same thing. And all of a sudden, like you're saying, you see those things over and over. You take steps to make them a reality. And then it just becomes part of your life. So like you're saying, getting out in nature more. When we started this season of the podcast, you were waking up early to get outside, even though it's cold. So it just becomes something that we're doing. Yeah. And the important thing is to be as specific as you can, but as big as you can. So there's no silly thing to put on there. If you want to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire, fine. If you want to move to New York and become a fashion designer, fine. Put that stuff on there. And it isn't just imagining it or woo woo. You start believing in yourself and start taking steps towards making those things a reality. And it it's very interesting. Yeah. As a recap, start with an optimistic outlook. Really believe that you can accomplish something lofty this year and make a vision board, make a bucket list, whatever that looks like, however that resonates with you. 
and then start to break it down into the absolute smallest tiny habit that you can start with. Be realistic about challenges or barriers that might come up and how you might achieve your goals anyway. And just to give you a few ideas as to where you could possibly start are mental goals, a little bit like more of what Abby and I are talking about, being more calm, being stress-free, or at least starting to manage that stress, finding techniques, feeling happier, infusing your day or life with more joy, feeling more peaceful. It can also be financial. Maybe you want to be debt-free. Maybe you want to start saving for something huge. Maybe you want to put yourself up for a promotion at work and get that higher level of pay. And then of course, relationships is another good one. Improved communication or reduce that conflict or just be kinder to those that you love. Put the phone down when somebody is talking to you and listen actively. Really show that you're interested in what they might be interested in. Even if it's not your favorite thing, get excited that they're excited about something. So those are just a few ideas. I just want to share something that has helped me because I wouldn't necessarily say that I struggled in relationships, but I would tend to just not communicate anything, get extremely resentful, and then we would break up. <laughs> so I've been a little more intentional, a lot more intentional because I'm actually speaking now about communicating. And I made that decision before going into a new relationship, before I even met Brandon, that I was going to be that way. So talking to myself in the way that we've been explaining, saying I will be someone or I am someone who communicates my feelings. I am someone who is intentional. I am patient. I am peaceful. You just have to identify as those things and all of a sudden it starts working. If you are wanting to improve in any of those areas or take any of those examples that Carrie's talking about, identify as someone who is calm or who stresses less or is a happy person, show up as that person. That's that first step. I will show up as someone who is calm. I will show up as someone who is happy. Oh, that's beautiful, yes. If you feel overwhelmed by those more mental goals of communication or being more present, don't feel like if you set this goal, it has to be accomplished by January 2nd. That's not realistic. Break it down into those smallest possible steps. Start slowly. Give yourself that self-grace. And we're here for you too. Please shoot us a message on Instagram. Let us know how you're doing or if we can provide additional support or information via the podcast. If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at beinghumanisweird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you. So slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos. 